Darren Cartel, welcome to the podcast and welcome to Ireland. How's it going? I'm good, brother. How you doing? You good? Yeah, I'm good. This is this is just a. I was saying this when I was in your podcast. We were just talking about IFS there, and even at IFS, we didn't even know each other that well. We were just, I was just like a version of some little fucker online to you, and like I was, like I followed you at the start, and now we're just doing podcasts and shit together. It's just, it's a, it's a mad buzz. It's, it's a cool, mad isn't buzz. it? Yeah. I guess that's like the power of social media, right? I remember mm -hmm. when I first saw your post, I got sent it multiple times. Again, oh, yeah, there's this little Irish guy, bruv, using your hashtag all the time, and I was like, good, my hashtag views are going up, <laughs> bruv. That's completely fine. But you've smashed it, man. So I want to actually say, well done, and. I'm genuinely happy for you. And it's it's great to see like someone so young absolutely smashing it. Cause mm -hmm. like myself, Smith, and a few others, honestly, when you're young and you're trying to do something, the fitness industry is like insecure. Mm -hmm. They try to tear you down. Yeah. So like it's just I like seeing people win, isn't it? And it's good to have people like you who are like leaders within the industry that genuinely want to see the younger generation do well like you've been contacting with me you've been in the social circle and that and you're like you're getting involved whereas i feel like so many people especially in the industry are hesitant to try and help each other out they're hesitant to try and support people because it's almost like people think if they if they keep things from each other and tear other people down that's going to help them but the best way to actually help each other is just to get involved help everyone out and then that's going to end up coming back around on you it's what it's what you give out is exactly what you get back 100 percent. but like Ego is a big thing in this industry. Mm -hmm. Most people, okay, maybe I'm wrong here, but like most people I think start fitness or get into the fitness industry is because they're mad insecure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that insecurity, after that insecurity, they gain something, some sort of identity or personality that they attach themselves to, right? Mm -hmm. So then they get scared that that will get taken away if they give too much information. Yeah. So then they don't say anything mm -hmm. and they hide everything. Whereas I can fully say this, that, I'm very comfortable and I got no ego when I see someone younger mm -hmm. winning. I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I don't know what this Gen Z guy knows, bruv. I want to know. I want to know, know a, a little bit more. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, and that's the only way, like, not only the industry, but just people in general will grow to mm -hmm. be like, I guess, better humans and happier lives, I guess, because yeah. that's the ultimate goal, really. Yeah, right? exactly. And I suppose with social media, I've been very lucky when I got into it that I was able to almost catapult my journey to get where I am now. But you've been in this industry a long time. You've been in it a lot longer than me. I'm sort of curious as to your journey. So the different jobs that you had at the start when you realized you wanted to be a personal trainer and how you got to this position now, because even me a few years ago, I, I used to look at people like you. I used to look at people like James Smith. And I had this thing in my head where I looked up to you as a follow-up. I wanted to do the same job. But part of me thought that I could, like, I wasn't going to get to the same level. And you could be successful. But I was like, I'm never going to get to that level. And now that I'm here, I'm almost like, well, how the fuck has this actually happened? But it's just from showing up every day and I'm putting in the work. But I feel like there's probably going to be people listening that are in that 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 stage at the beginning where they're like they look up to people like us and they're like oh I, I would want to get there someday but i don't know how so i'm just interested in your journey and the progressions and if this all was actually a goal was it yeah. a goal to have all the followers and or what was the goal at the start honestly at the start it was um i was lucky enough to i always loved fitness i always loved fitness i loved fitness and training because it would help me with football i want i just wanted to be a footballer when i was younger so i was like where can i put myself uh, where I can literally train all day to help with football. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up realizing after one of my um, college tutors said to me, Darren, because I was studying like the human body in sport, B-Tech level two or whatever, right? Up the B-Techs. Yeah, up the B-Techs. <laughs> Listen, I've got two GCSEs in it. One in maths and the other one was Turkish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they created a subject for me so I get another bloody A. Yeah. And um, 
anyway, so I was lucky enough and my tutor was like, Darren, I think you'd be a really good personal trainer. And I was like, for why? She was like, I trust your face. <laughs> I was like, what? Mm -hmm. She was like, when you speak, I genuinely trust you. And I was like, okay. She was like, you'd be a good coach because you've got good communication skills. Then, so I ended up going into a gym and working in a gym and just genuinely enjoyed being around all the PTs, people training. And everyone says the whole corny, I love helping people, but like, I liked helping people because it made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So that's why I did it. Yeah. And anything that, that anyone does is for themselves. So like, it's the same. I, I do love helping people, but I get an immense satisfaction out of helping someone achieve a goal. So for me, it was doing my own fitness journey and finally figuring things out what worked and see when I help someone else do that, it makes me feel good. So like we, me and you are both probably in lucky positions where actually helping other people does give us a good feeling. So we, we're able to do something that helps others. But ultimately, everything that you do is for yourself and you just want to feel good. 100%. And it's weird. People, there's this whole stigma around like being selfish and it's not a good thing and blah, blah, blah. But I, I just, I don't agree with that at all. I feel like you need to be selfish and do what's best for you mm -hmm. to actually help everyone else around your environment. Most it, importantly, family, I think. Yourself mm -hmm. and looking after your family. And like, you've come to this position now because you've had a, you've had an open heart of like your approach wasn't with a big ego. Mm -hmm. Your approach was like you literally said it. If you did, you wouldn't turn around and say I was looking up to you and Smith and mm -hmm. blah blah blah. You wouldn't say that because no. there's people that I've met that would say those things, and I was exactly the same. Yeah. That's why I can relate so much to you, like with your mindset. And with that mindset, it opens doors, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It opens doors. Like when I first met Smith, I knew I knew what he was doing. And I was like, I saw that and I was like, he's doing that online. And I was like, I was killing it on the gym floor. Mm -hmm. I was making three, $4,000 in Australia a week. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of money when I was like 23, 24, yeah. right? Still is a lot of money. Yeah. But I was like, but there's, what am I going to be? Like a 50-year-old PT? Not that there's anything wrong with that. But like, I don't want to be on the gym floor when I'm 50. Mm -hmm. So I looked at Smith and I was like, I could, I could do, this was when he was first coming up. I was like, I could do that. Mm -hmm but better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the first You one. have to have that, that yeah. mindset. But I, I think it comes into your, your your openness as well. Is it true the story that I heard where, where Smith was in the, the gym and he was almost like an outcast. He wasn't getting on with all the personal yeah. trainers and he was doing a live stream. He was doing a live stream and you were actually the only one that went over to see what he was doing. And you were like, wait, what are you, what are you doing on here? How have you got all these people? And then that sort of opened the door for you. Yeah. So basically he came in as I was never like scared of like the camera or anything in it because mm -hmm. I used to be that guy on Snapchat that used to just talk to myself whilst driving, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, I used yeah, to do yeah. like, put music on and like, all of that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so when Instagram stories and all that came through, I was like, this is easy. I've yeah. been doing this for years. But when Smith came in to the gym, yeah, no one liked him. Mm -hmm. No one liked him. And he was trying to steal everyone's clients. Yeah, but that was because like he would talk to my clients. I wouldn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, that's because all the PTs were insecure as fuck. Yeah, man. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then so. I actually first took him out for a coffee. I was like, come, let me take you for a coffee and took him to like my local. And at that point in Sydney, in that area, I knew everyone. Mm -hmm. Everywhere I'd go, I'd get free coffees here, free meals here, yeah. enter this place for free, all of that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That was my little You've got that ecosystem. charisma, like you've got the charisma. <laughs> I like that. I like that sort of energy. Yeah. But then um, Smith was doing a live and we were sitting there with all the PTs and these PTs were like hating. And I was just like, why I don't I didn't understand why you would hate on someone that you don't even know mm -hmm. it, I wasn't raised like this so I, I it just it's just totally against who I am so while it was life I'm like oh fuck you man innit? I'm just gonna go jump in his life and I was like I'm gonna jump in his life 
and see what Smith's reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. And that would tell me a lot about him. Mm. Yeah. If I went there and his reaction was like, what are you doing, man? I would have said, you're a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his reaction, I went there, I was like, yo, what's going on? Biron from London. Hey, hold on, James. Give me one second. Let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And Smith was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And then he came up and then he was like, oh, I love that. Good fun. Blah, blah, mm. blah. And I was like, then I went to the boys and I was like, there's nothing wrong with a guy. Like, why, yeah. why are you guys just hating on mm-hmm. something that you can't do at the minute? And then it kind of just took off from there. And I, um, so then after that, I was like, I could see myself doing stuff online, mm-hmm. right? I actually didn't know at that point with were my you, life. Were you not posting on socials at all at the stage? I was posting, but I didn't have a direction of what I could do. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't realize you can make money online from mm-hmm. PT. And I it saw takes, it. Sometimes it takes someone to open your eyes to what's possible. Sometimes you're already doing something and then you go and meet someone and they see, you see how they're, they're doing it. And they don't even need to tell you yeah. how to do it. But just by knowing that they're doing this, you're like, fuck. I know exactly what, what I need to do now. Which is probably what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? So yeah. like, so when that happened, I was like, I was seeing stuff. I was like, like, how, how, how are people training online? Spoke to Smith about it. <coughs> Sorry. And then he was like, yeah, mate, this person does it. This person does it. Like people in America at the time were doing it a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's mad. I can definitely do that. I was like, let me know if you need any help in it with holding the camera and this stuff. And I was like, so we started like filming together and having a bit of fun. He had a business idea. He's JSA. He had a business idea. And I knew from me, like being a good human, this will open doors to me. He had a business idea. He needed a developer. One of my best friends at the time was just getting into IT. Mm-hmm. His business partner now still is my best friend. I nudge them together. Oh, serious? Yeah. So I knew by me doing that, I could have put, I could have hit that and gone, I'm not going to, mm. I don't want him to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to wait Figure for it me. out yourself, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just went, yo, I got, I'm that guy where mm. like, you need something, I can find someone. Yeah. Right? So, and that, again, again, that's going to come back to you. People people often wonder like, oh, how is there so much positive energy and things like that? Whereas when people try and keep things from other people and not give them anything, they wonder why they never get anything back. But you're not doing all this with an expectation of something in return. But see if you do enough good things for enough people, eventually they're going to return the favor. And this is just the constant loop of what you give out is exactly what you get back. Whereas so many people live their life trying to keep things from each other, trying to hold secrets, being like, oh, no, I don't want anyone else to win. And then they wonder why their life is so shit. And it's because they're not given given anything. They're just expecting to take all the time. It's just the definition of entitlement. They're expecting to take all the time and never give anything in return. Whereas if you can give without the expectation of receiving anything, that will come back. But you're not you're not expecting because I done this one specific thing, I'm gonna get this. You're just doing good things in general and good things happen. One hundred percent. And that that is literally just an energy thing. Mm-hmm. You're either giving out like negative energy or like positive energy, good energy or bad energy. And it's weird in the hippiest way, probably in the right setting for this, mm-hmm. is the universe gives back, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in a weird way, mm-hmm. it gives back. In a weird way, it gives back, you know? Like, if I was a complete prick to you with that whole knee up 24 7 stuff, would you want to tell me about algorithm stuff? No. You wouldn't want to. No. If you, you were, a com- you wouldn't be in the social circle, bro. Exactly. <laughs> or if you were a type of way to me, why would I want to, like, you create those doors mm-hmm. with, like, the sort of energy you give to people. And people always want to help people that have good intentions. And they're just 
good to have around. I, I don't understand anyone that, that, that is negative to someone else that they don't even know because at the end of the day, see, just by being positive, it just creates a good atmosphere. It, it creates like a, a genuine connection with someone. But see, if you don't know someone and you're just being negative to them, before you've even met them, before you've even built a connection, oh, he doesn't deserve to have that many followers. How's he doing that? What's it? And it's just this negativity. And I feel like this is something that's rife in the fitness industry and especially in bodybuilders. Oh, yeah. Bodybuilders love negativity. They love just turn other people down because of their the way that they look or what how they're posting. And it's just it's it's just pure insecurity. Whereas if you just just be nice to everyone. It's not that hard. No, it's, it's really not. not that difficult. And people will, under, like, see, just by being nice to people, good things happen as a byproduct. But you know what? I, it's, I think it's very hard for some people to be like that, depending on what sort of environment they've been raised around. So yeah. I can tell you've got a good family. The only reason that I am the way I am is because of how I was brought up. But I, I also understand that a lot of people are the way they are because I don't I have no idea what they've been through. And potentially, if I was in their shoes, I would be acting the same way. But I also believe that everyone has the the power to change. But I, it is a it is a great thing to point out that I'm very privileged from the background that yeah, I come same. in. I've got both parents that they're amazing to me. So. Uh, I, there's a lot of things from my childhood that just make me a good, a positive person. Yeah. So I'm not, by the, the same token, we can talk all day about just be positive, but I'm not going to judge someone for acting a certain way because, as I said, if I went through, I don't know what they've been through, and if I went through what they've went through, potentially they don't think that they have very much of a reason to be happy. And that might be the case at the minute, but again, it falls into there's always there's always opportunity to develop and change your life, but it's a good point that not, some people have, have been through shit that you don't understand. 100%. But then again, you still been through shit as well, mm -hmm. right? So, but then you get to a certain level where you're conscious of these things. And when you are, and then you choose not to take action on those things, you're choosing to live like that. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, yeah, 100%. privilege kind of goes to like a certain extent. And then it's just like, well, then it's your choice, bro. You're old enough now. So like, either take action on what you want in life or just stop complaining. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's quite important as well. So like, when all that stuff was happening, my dad is very much like this, and I've, I've always seen this. My dad's always gone out of his way to help people. So has my mom. They've always been like selfless when it comes to doing stuff. Like my mom would do things and never expect anything back. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like my family come from a very poor background. And my mom would like, even I remember like when I was a teenager, my mom would walk around with like only five pounds in her pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're just getting by. Mm -hmm. So to me, with all this attention, being able to like... <laughs> Like, I bought a Range Rover last year. Mm -hmm. It got stolen, but... <laughs> Still bought it. <laughs> and that, to me, that's like... I'm definitely the first person in my whole family, which, by the way, I've got, like, over 72 first cousins. Mm -hmm. Serious? <laughs> on one side. <laughs> on my dad's side. My dad's 11 siblings, in it? That's crazy. I'm probably the first one in the family to buy a Range Rover outright. Mm. Like, brand new. Yeah. Brand new. And, like, to be able to do something like that, I'm just like, bro. Is, yeah, you're a lot more amazing. appreciative for I appreciate it because it. a lot of people, especially people that come for money, they never they never have any value for, for money. They just have always had everything that they've ever wanted. Whereas if you come from a position where you're like, again, I don't come from an unprivileged background, but I, I certainly wasn't be able to uh, be able to just go out and buy a car and go mm. and haul in, do anything that I want. So when you go from a position where you, you don't have that money and then you do, you appreciate it a lot more and you actually have value for the money as opposed to just it always being an expectation. Oh, I should always have this money. And it makes you want to work harder for it. 100%. And then it's a weird one. You're probably, um, I wouldn't say lucky. You went out your way to like search for it. Is that, and I think I was, 
I'm quite blessed with this as well, is when I was working in the gym, I knew this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in sport and training. Mm -hmm. I saw that quite early. Some people find this quite late. When you find things early, when you're younger, it's easier to take risks. Mm, There's less responsibility. Which is why it's like, I told every personal trainer that is young or whatever, bruv, take risks. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I literally in the seminars, I'm like, how much money do you have in the bank? They're like, I've got like 10,000 pounds. I'm like, you got 10,000 fucking pounds in your bank, bruv. You don't need that much money to live. Just take the fucking risk and try something. Mm -hmm. And if it fails, then you try something Mm -hmm. else. Do you know what I mean? But it's weird. Like there's a lot of people still that live in this scarcity mindset and can't step out of that. And I feel like you need a bit of a nudge, probably from individuals like us, from like the communities that we create to push people Mm -hmm. to be better and actually find what they want to do faster and then spend, you know, if you continue doing what you're doing for the next 10 years, game over. Mm -hmm. I know in the next 10 years, game over. I know which direction I'm going. Mm -hmm. But there's still people in search for that, which is why if you're young, this is why I feel privileged basically that I found kind of this industry while uh, while I was young, basically, yeah. which is how it kind of it went from gym floor PT, then to like uh, Neat Smith, known I could do it online. We came together, we worked on his business. I helped. I worked on his business like it was mine. So did you just work together or not at the start? So in the start, he obviously was like the marketing IT. James Shaw, one of my best friends as well, he was the IT person. Became business partners. I knew I would fit in as the head coach, and I was the head coach for a few years. But they knew, and I told them they knew that I wouldn't be there because I was working like as a, a self-employed for them, but they also knew with my personality and my character that I could do my mm-hmm. own thing quite well as well. Yeah. So they knew that. So it, it just helped each other as much as possible at that time. And then I went off and did my own thing. Yeah. 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 And that's all going great. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's yeah. growing. It's growing. It's growing. It's good. It's good fun. I yeah. mean, I'm happy in it, but, you always want more. Yeah. Oh, you always want more. And we're, we're going to touch more on that. But I want to bring it back to something that you said about comfort zone. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid to, to leave that comfort zone, to take risks, to do new things. And I feel like one of the main reasons is because when you leave your comfort zone, you feel a certain way. You can feel nervousness. You can feel anxious. And people consider these feelings as bad or something that they shouldn't feel. But if you can actually understand that Everyone that's achieved any level of success feels these exact same feelings when they do something for the first time, when they record their first podcast, do their first talk, take on their first client, have their first fucking sales call. But a lot of people feel these feelings and then think because they're feeling it, they're not going to be suited to that particular role. Oh, I'm nervous before I'm doing this thing. Oh, this isn't good. I'm just going to go back to doing what's comfortable. But if you constantly do what's comfortable, you're never going to grow. You're never going to build the business. You need to step outside of that comfort zone and understand feelings that you feel when you get there of being an imposter, feeling anxious, or feeling nervous. They're all completely normal feelings that it's fine to feel, accept that you feel them and then just do it anyway. I think the main feeling people are scared about is the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. If you're comfortable being vulnerable, it will help in every aspect of life, mm-hmm. including family, relationships, partnerships, friendships, business, social media. If you're not scared to show vulnerability and then fail at it and not have like a huge emotional attachment to it, then you will just continue and grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. I, The reason I'm comfortable with that stuff now is because I've just failed so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried so many things, bro. Mm-hmm. Like even when I was playing football, I went to so many trials and didn't get accepted from academies where I was just like, oh, okay. So 
it doesn't feel that bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have that same sort of approach towards like business and like social media posts and whatnot. Because you know what's that? Some people post something, they don't get likes. They're like, oh, yeah. they get this weird, like they feel scared, emotional, yeah. vulnerable, whatever it is. You got to get, you You got to fail a lot, basically. And you, it's about how you react to failure and how you process it. Failure is not a good thing if you don't learn anything from it. Whereas if you can take every single failure that you have and learn a lesson, then it's not really a failure then. You've actually learned something from that, so you're going to be able to do it better next time. Like, I've had multiple launches, and none of them have ever failed, but I've had multiple launches where things haven't gone according to plan. So, um, recording, I'm thrown off. (laughs) Uh, I've had multiple launches where things haven't gone according to plan and hasn't took off, but I don't consider them a failure because... See, every time that happened, I'm like, I know what I need to do differently next time. And then the most recent launch, I just smashed out of the park because of them so-called failures. 100%. The most important thing is like, there's a feeling of failure, right? Mm -hmm. That feeling is like a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. No one wants to feel it, but like, you know, you have to go for it to like grow, right? Once you get comfortable with that feeling and it only happens once once you fail, then you get to the point where you do do a launch and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're like, like what? <laughs> okay. And you're like looking at Stripe or you're looking at your numbers. You're like, is this meant to happen? Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's almost that, it's almost feeling of like, how has this happened? But in your head, you know, right, I've failed. I've done every, like I've done all the things that I know I need to do to make this a success. But then when it is a success, you're like, how the fuck is this happening? <laughs> you know, you know deep down, but it's just because it's like a, a an alien feeling, especially when you do a mad launch. Oh, and you, yeah. t- you you see the numbers coming in. You're having hundreds of people, thousands of people coming in at one time to buy your product or service, and you just see this all happening at the same time. But when you take a step back, you're like, wait, this is after years of posting on social media every single day. This is after sending multiple emails. This is after this is not one. Uh, yeah. 10 minutes or an hour's worth of work this is like oh. years worth of work that then you're going to have to continue to work for three months to do this but it is it's a mad feeling and it's a great feeling when you do a launch and it all comes together and it's successful it's crazy you gotta it's crazy it's earned it's all earned because mm-hmm. anyone's any, anyone successful anyone successful has done something together yeah right anyone unless I don't know no offence to any Love Islanders but like if you just go to Love Island and you just peak like that then obviously like you're there because you look good or whatever yeah. it is, which is why a lot of them go fucking mm-hmm. mental, which is yeah. why I think it's always best to have slow growth. Mm-hmm. I, I said, I feel like I'm going to peak when I'm like 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I feel like I'm gonna, there's going to be something ridiculous that's going to happen in my life yeah, 100%. when I'm like 40. And that mentality, it keeps me just, gro- and I'm, I'm loving the journey, bro. Because mm-hmm. there's always times where you're like, you're flatlining, you're up, you're low. Flatline, it's weird emotions. Like mm-hmm. you gotta like you gotta make sure you gotta not be too attached. Yeah. And I think almost spiking too fast cannot can be a bad thing sometimes. And like this is the thing. I've almost made the social circle too good where there's people that are literally gaining like like just an obscene amount of followers within the space of a week, hundreds of thousands. And if you don't pr- like you have the expectation when, once you gain all this followers straight away that this is the way it's going to be permanently, forever. But you don't realize that you've just got 10 years worth of work in the space of a week just because of the way that the algorithms are. And oftentimes when you spike up that fast, then you don't know what to do and it's hard to cope with. Whereas like, it's good. 
and like loads of the people in the social circle spike up and they do know how to cope with it and they build amazing businesses. But by the same token, some people will spike too fast and then they're unable to cope with it and they don't know, oh, fuck all these followers out of nowhere. It's, it can be a bit overwhelming. So there's there's two sides of the spectrum with that. But uh, I suppose for a social media growth course, it's not a bad problem to have that some people are growing too fast. It's, it's, not, a bad pro- it's not a bad problem to have. You just got to kind of, you got to just take your time with it and understand that any of those feelings are like completely normal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I felt like I was lucky. I was I was gaining a thousand a week mm-hmm. at the time, and it was nice. It was like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, ten thousand, sick. Got yeah. my sh- got my swipe up. That's mm-hmm. when that, that's yeah, when that was swipe about. Up, yeah, I was like, got that. Now this. Now that. Hundred k. Oh mm-hmm. shit! Took me three, four years or something to get to 100K. Yeah, you appreciate it a lot more. Some people yes. some people are, are moving past them numbers and not even, like they're hitting 100K and like, right, look, last I got 500 now. They're like, wait, wait, there's 200, 300, there's, there's 201, 202. And then they yeah. get upset when yeah. they do a post and it doesn't get 100,000 followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, a bit, it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. But just, sometimes you just got to let things be and then, it will all, mm-hmm. it will all like figure itself out. Yeah, I mean? and for, and for me, there's no there's no goal in terms of followers. The goal for me is progression in the right direction. So I just always want to be moving in the right direction, no matter yeah. what. And I focus like far too many people focus on the money or they focus on the followers. What I focus on is the thing that's going to achieve that, which is providing value. So by me pr- focusing on providing value, money, followers, all of this good stuff is a byproduct. Whereas where a lot of people go wrong is they're just focusing on how much money they're making or how many followers that they have instead of focusing on the daily things that they actually need to do. It's very, very simple um, to make money, to grow following. It's all, you need to figure out, right, what do I need to do to get there? What are the things that I need to do on a daily basis? There's a few simple things. Make content, make a call, do this, do that, right? Let's do this and then do it every day without expecting anything in return. And then eventually you'll get to somewhere where you want to be, where so many people are following, right, I need 100,000 followers. I need to make six figures. What's the, the secret potion here? It's like, Figure out what you want to do and break it into daily goals and then do them things every single day for years and years and years. And then eventually, you something might get happens. There. Something yeah. happens. It's just swinging punches. Mm-hmm. Got to swing loads of punches and one of them knocks them out. Mm-hmm. And then you got to swing again. Yeah. But it's, it's mad as well. Like when you chase money, it's in a weird way, I don't think you get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't chase it at all. Like, don't get me wrong. I look at what I've made in a year and I'm like, right, I probably want to make more next year. Yeah. And then, but like, but the, the, the idea of like, I need to make a certain, I don't check how much, much I've made each month. I'll I'll have the odd look, but it's you, if you're chasing money, the only way that you make money is by providing value. And again, see if I got into this at the start for money, I got into this at the start because I looked at your content, I looked at Smith's content and I seen the impact it had on people. And I was like, I want to do that too. And that's something that I'm extremely thankful for as well, because I have no idea. Like I have a great way of getting my personality across on, on content. But if I never seen your content content and Smith's content, would I feel comfortable doing that? Because mm-hmm. no one else, you were the first people to do it where you're not just shredded with a six pack and just posting egotistical yeah. things. You're actually swearing. You're actually having a bit of crack. And this is all stuff that like I'm able to put my personality across. But maybe if I never seen them videos at the start, would I actually be comfortable trying to do that myself? Or would I have just been one of them PTs? I'm just going to follow every other PT. Yeah. So you've actually set a complete new dynamic for what it means to be a personal trainer, what it means to be a fitness influencer in quotations. Um, which that makes I, me happy. Yeah. That's no, sick. But that's something that I was thinking about. I was like, genuinely, I would like to think that I would have been comfortable enough, but there's no way to know. And I, the one thing that I do know is by 
the first way I came across your content, it was actually uh, a, a comment Smith made on this guy, Marty, that done Jordy Shore. He, he commented, he 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 had done the, the boom bod and he always done the posts and Smith commented on it, basically ripping them out, being like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, whoa, this is the first time I've seen someone call out this. Like I know deep down, like I never really thought about it, but I know deep down that this is not a genuine post, that this person is not yeah. actually using this product. And then clicking on his profile, and then being like, oh, fuck. And then there's a full group of other people doing the same thing. And like at the stage, I wasn't really too much into fitness. Yeah. Like I was just an absolute party animal. <laughs> but at the same time, that that opened my eyes to like, oh, this is the type of content that people are making. And now that's something that I pride myself in. And especially with the social circle is showing people that you can just be yourself on socials. And this is what's going to help to grow. But seeing that at the start, definitely, it, it helped me massively just to to get, get moving in the right direction. I appreciate that. It's, that's nice to hear, man. That's nice to hear. And like I said, it's all, it's just good to show love in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just nice. Yeah. But like the way you're doing social is great and it's mad. Everyone's talking about the same fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people forget like, people, people I think think that when they're getting followers or something, it's like, or when they're sharing advice or help or whatever it is, they think like followers are taken away from them mm. and they don't realize there's hundreds of millions, yeah. billions of people that yeah. <laughs> need help with fitness. It's an industry that will never actually die. There's no competition. It, it's the only industry where literally every single person in the world is a potential client. Yeah. How can you pretend that you have competition online? Like, like there's no such there's thing. No limit. As, there's no such thing as competition online. There's it's no genuinely limit. doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So it's crazy. So that's why it's like that sort of energy to be around is great because we're all saying the same thing, but you just have to find your own way of saying it. Because I'm sure you, I'm sure you have had people start doing content like you now. Oh yeah, I have so many people copy videos word for word and it's like, it's just, it's never going to work in the long run. And the thing is, everyone is talking about the same things. There's you're, no, unless you're at the, the cutting edge of research, a PhD researcher, bringing new things to the table, you're a personal trainer, you don't know anything more than anyone else. Let's stop pretending that we hold the secrets to fucking fat loss or you know more information. I don't know more information. See if you're a good PT, you're a good personal trainer. I do not know anything more <laughs> yeah, than you. Yeah. But I know, I know, but you'd have to, look, most people aren't good personal trainers. Let's put that out there. A lot of people don't know about the nuances and stuff. But if you are a high level good personal trainer, we all know the same information. But it's about being able to present that information in a way that not only breaks it down and makes it understandable to your audience, but also puts your personality into it. So when you have the same information, there's technically 7 billion different ways to present that information. And so many people fall into the trap of, oh, like a lot of people be like, I'll call someone out for copying and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I just didn't, I didn't know what way to do it. It was like, mate, just stop looking at other people's content. And yes. instead, like, see if you're looking at other people's content and that's derailing your own content. And then it's just beginning to look like everyone else's. Just make something yourself. If you make someone, like pretend you've never seen anyone else's content. And it's, it's just your way of speaking. Like everyone speaks differently. Everyone yeah. acts differently. So how can so many people be making the exact same video with the exact same style. There's there's principles with social media to stick to, but you need to apply your own personality to them principles or you're never actually going to get anywhere. And don't get me wrong, you could get the odd lucky video or two, but down the line, people will always catch always, on. Yeah. I, I had everyone on mute before, innit? I mm -hmm. had everyone on mute because I didn't want to see anything. I was just post. And did you got, unfollow everyone at one stage? I did everyone, yeah. yeah. Everyone, I needed a break. Yeah. I was getting distracted. Mm -hmm. And not distracted, like looking at people's content. I've, I've always been kind of like, I've always said like, what makes you different? People would always like, what makes you different, Darren? I'm like, because I'm fucking Darren. I'm different. I'm a different fucking human. Of course I'm different. Yeah. So I wouldn't actually get, I would, ne I would never ever try to be like Smith. Mm -hmm. He's, we're such different humans. 
And so I never had, I never have ever had that problem if I'm being honest, but I got, I wanted to unfollow everyone because I just, after like four, five, four years, five years of whatever on socials, everyday stories, mm. posts, blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah. okay, I actually need a break from everyone. Yeah. And it was nice. And nice. then you could actually follow back the people that you actually wanted to follow and get rid of all the people that yes. you accidentally followed five years ago and exactly. felt too awkward to exactly. unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice that was way. the main reason. It's a, <laughs> it's a nice way. It's a nice way to clear out fucking everything. So yeah. that, that was really good. That was really good. But it's also social media is weird. Like, you know, everyone says like, oh, I hate social media. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, but that's because like, you're not utilizing it in a positive way. Everything, too much of anything is bad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's important to utilize it in a way that's going to benefit you in your life. And it's a fucking powerful thing. Bro. Social media is the best thing in the world if you can use it to your advantage yeah. and you can be smart with it. It's probably the worst thing in the world if you're mindlessly consuming, scrolling on TikTok all day, yeah. just, just wasting your time. But if you can take, people are going to do that. People are going to mindlessly consume. So instead of you being the person that's mindlessly consuming, why don't you be the person that creates the content that people are going to consume and then builds the business off that and actually gives people beneficial information to consume. But at the end of the day, people talk, oh, I hate social media. I don't want to use social media. It's like, you could, people are using it anyway. People are going to use it. And if you can use it to your advantage, it's great. And see another thing. So the social media algorithms now are smart. They show you what you spend the most time watching. So a lot of people complain about the algorithms. It's always so negative. It's all because you're standing and you're reading all these news articles and you're zooming in on them and the algorithm sees that. See if you go onto my Instagram explore page, it's just like food and like random, like the things that I actually enjoy watching. I've been wondering, I keep yeah. getting fit birds on my yeah, explore page. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's happening? You're, you're, you're scrolling, zooming in and you're spending time on it. The algorithm sees that. Um, but yeah. The social media, I think it's an amazing tool if you can use it to your advantage. It's also extremely dangerous. You can fall into the trap of thinking social media is real life. Social media is not real life. People only post on social media what they want you to see. How many, like, how many times have you actually been going through shit yourself? But if you look on your social media, you're not posting your personal shit. You're not no. posting what's going on in your personal life. So, so even if someone's looking at my page, they only see all the good things. They only see the business. They, they see, see what the you want to show yeah. them. So if I'm having a shit day and I go onto social media, I can think, everyone else has a perfect life here. But then when I bring it back, I'll be like, look, if someone went onto my social media while I'm having a shit day, they wouldn't even know. Yeah. They wouldn't even realize it. Whereas you need to be logical with it. You need to understand, look, this person that looks like they're having the best time ever on a holiday has literally just went through a breakup and they hate their life. But <laughs> yeah. but you but you think that this you're like, oh fuck, I wish I was there. It was me when I first went Bali. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hated my life. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. But yeah, that's 100 percent accurate as fuck. And it's important. I also think like, again, social media is powerful. Whatever you put on social media, you only see what people want you to see, mm. right? But it's important to live life. If you don't live life, you have nothing to post on social media. Yeah. You won't understand anything. You only, if you spend all day on social media, you you just recycle other people's lives. You're, you're living other people's life. You're watching other people live their life. Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's scary. Like, And it's scary now the fact that like, some people are spending more time on, on some days I am, especially if I'm busy with work, spending more time on your phone than you are in real life. And that's a fucking scary thought. And that's something that even a few years ago, if you had a said that some people's screen time is going to be four hours per day, yeah. they would have been like four hours. What are you doing on your phone for four hours? But yeah. now that's an average screen yeah. time. And then let's not just look at the screen time on your phone. If you're working a job, you're on a computer, you're on TVs. What is the actual screen time? Closer to 12, 13 hours a day. It's, crazy. it's just always, it's and crazy. it's it's scary. That is a scary thought as, we, as much as we talk about the benefits of social media and how much it can help. 
it is scary that we're moving to a society that is that there's two worlds now. There's the real world and there's the world online. And a lot yeah. of people are spending a lot more time in the world online. And this is leading to lots of things like people being uncomfortable in the real world, having social anxiety. But they don't I know think, how to talk to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I feel like COVID really fucked that up too where with, with the lockdowns and that. And then people were, were not talking to anyone and they were able to work from home. And then they're being forced back out and then everyone feels uncomfortable. And it's just this full weird dynamic. But it's extremely important to understand that there's, there's much more going on than social media. And you, human beings crave connection. They need to be having conversations. And if you're just locked away all day on your phone looking at other people live their life, it's going to have massive detrimental effects to they, you. They lack connection, in it? And they're too... Again, people are a little bit scared to be vulnerable because mm. they've actually been so disconnected from the world and they're so connected to their fucking phone. Or even like this whole new meta fucking world. I mean, I'll see a video once. I'll see a video where people are now putting on that thing and there's like they're having sex in a, the meta world or some shit. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what fucked. the fuck I don't know is what, that? Yeah. It's weird as yeah. fuck. Yeah, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg and, and people like that be like, oh, people are using Zoom anyway. So we may as well create this whole new experience that's better. It's like, no, this is just, nice this work. is just taking it, taking it too far. But I don't think that's going ahead now. I could be wrong on that, but I think that they've, they've scrapped that potentially. That's why I'm not like, as soon as like, when the time's right, we've got, me and my family got a place in like Turkey in the village anyway, in the mountains. Bruv, I love it. It's so fucking good. And one day I'll have, I'm going to build something there that is so fucking ridiculous where I can just escape mm. this toxic place. Because it will become toxic. It's oh, becoming yeah. worse. It's becoming worse and worse. And it's becoming more, more scary. You're lucky though. As in, I think in Ireland, you guys are still maybe... Like where you live with your family, what is it? Is it like you're not in a big town, are you? No, it's just so a it's, small, small it's town. Probably really nice. When yeah. you're in London, if you're in London, I see, I don't like cities. Like there's too much. Okay. Like there's too much. It's too much. Like it's there's a <laughs> lot. Like right, right, what I crave is genuine connection with with people, and I enjoy like even if I'm out for a walk or something, and a stranger walks past, it's only you and them in the road. You'll be like, "Hello, how's it going? Yeah, lovely day, isn't it?" I just like that genuine connection. Whereas I feel like that's something that lacks massively in big cities where everyone's so busy, everyone's just getting on with themselves. There's that. There's a lot less connection with people, and I feel like people can lose their way oftentimes if they don't have that connection, especially if they're living in a city. They're around so many people, but they feel secluded because they have no proper good connections. And that's something that small towns are very good at. People are connected. People They are, have to be yeah. to survive. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, tribal days, people would need human connection and communities to survive and not die. Yeah, If someone has something that someone else doesn't, they need to connect to survive because they need it. Nowadays, when you have financial freedom and when you're living like the Western society where you have access to everything, you can literally sit at home and order fucking food Crazy. to your house. Crazy. You can order shopping to your house. You can literally order en literally anything to your house. You don't need anyone. So it, that means you won't require as much connection as people needed back in the day. Mm -hmm. Whereas your ancestors, my ancestors, they needed that shit. Like my lot in a fucking mountain, they all need to work together to stay warm. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. they would die. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? So that's why, like you said, small towns seeking that genuine connection. This realm that you're entering, and as you enter more into this realm of like more followers, more this, more that, going to events and shit, you're probably gonna hate it. <laughs> yeah. Legit. Cause you're gonna you're gonna talk to people and you're gonna go. They're going to go, how are you? And you're like, you don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and that's something that I'm going to be very wary of. At this stage of my career, I only do some things that I enjoy. 
And I'm not going to get to a stage where I'm just going to be doing lots of events and stuff if I'm not genuinely enjoying it. And see being around fake people that I know are asking me how I am, but they don't give a fuck because they want something from me. Because when you get to a position where you can sell out events and stuff, you can make other people a lot of money. So by them being nice to you, they're being nice they're to you because, because yeah. they're going to make money. Whereas people like you, whereas I can, we're both, we, we both can help each other out with things, but we know that there's a genuine connection there. Yeah. And we know that if we ask each other a question, we genuinely care about the answer, as opposed to let's ask him how he is, or let's ask him about this, because then it's going to make him feel closer to us. And then we're going to be able to ask him to do that thing that's going to fall. I'm like, fuck that. I don't yeah. care how much money I'm making. I don't, I'm not about the, the full, like the industry. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, I don't give a fuck. Like I and and the thing is I can I can do my own shit. I have the social circle. I can run my own events. I can do everything myself. So I actually don't need any anything off any of these people. Um, and it's just I'm only ever going to do things I'm comfortable with. And I just know my gut tells me if something's good or not. If yeah, if people are good or not. So if I'm in a position where I'm consistently around people that I don't feel have my best interest at heart, or I don't feel I actually have a genuine connection with. It's a no-go. Even like yeah. making the app, working with people like uh, David and Evan, like we all have a good genuine connection. The, the app isn't something that, that came, it, it came as a byproduct of friendship and connection. That That's how that came about. So with working with anyone to do with business, doing events, anything, like I will always prioritize how I feel. That's the most important thing over anything else. You should, all, I think, I think you should always go with your gut feeling mm -hmm. in general with anything. Like sometimes I'll meet people or there's a situation and I'll tell Smith, I said, I don't have a good feeling about this. I said, I don't trust that person. That person's a fucking snake. Yeah. Don't even ask me why I know. <laughs> yeah. I just know. You get enough cold DMs of people sending to conceal yeah, your yeah, business. Yeah, you, yeah, can, yeah. you can tell you who's can talking shit and who's yeah, not. You can see a fucking snake from a mile away, mm -hmm. man. But it's, it's a weird one. But like you said, you just have to make the most of what you have. But moving forward, like, just enjoying life, man. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just doing what you can to enjoy life. Do what you love. Surround yourself with people that you love. Have enough money to travel, buy your family dinner. That's all you need, man. You don't mm -hmm. need that much money. Like when everyone's chasing all this money, you don't You don't need that much money. No, not at all. You I, don't, really I don't. don't need any of the money that I make, but we'll obviously need some of it. But for me, the, the money is just a byproduct. And as I said, it's, it's a gamified thing. You're just wow. looking to make more money, not because you want more money or you think it's going to make you happy, but just because it's part of the game. Everyone lives everyone's born and then everyone dies the part in the middle when you look at it might actually be completely irrelevant and might not matter at all probably doesn't matter at all in the grand scheme of things but we're here at the minute we're alive so we may as well do Enjoy shit that, yeah yeah we may as well set ourselves challenges and achieve different goals that are probably pointless in the grand scheme of things <laughs> yeah. and nothing actually probably matters realistically and if you zoom out of this conversation and you see the world and the not not none of this actually matters but at the end of the day we're stuck here until, until we're dead and then no one really knows where we go after so you may as well do shit in the middle that's that's sort of fun and that makes makes you enjoy like you want to wake up every day and be like i'm i'm looking forward to living today because i'm here on this earth for a temporary period of time you don't want to wake up every day and be like oh, i'm doing that shit job that hate and have to go to dinner with this person have to you don't have to do any of that yeah, shit you don't, have to. you don't just you don't start have to. start doing and i know that it's easier said than done especially there's there's certain people in situations where they are tied down and have commitments and that but for a lot of people they're doing shit that they don't enjoy without understanding the fact that they don't have to do it just go do something else try something else have you done psychedelics yet no, no. I think I think that would freak me out. I think enough. I think I, enough without I, doing psychedelics. I was gonna say because you like the thing that you just said about the universe. These are all the sort of fucking conversations and thoughts you have. In I a think mad, that, yeah. mad level of depth. Crazy yeah, level. I of think depth. that I I am just on constantly on psychedelics. <laughs> just the amount that I think. You're, I see. 
tell me if I'm wrong here, like the way you talk and the way I see you act and the way mm. you are, like you're quite good at separating emotional attachments and certain things. Yeah. You are, really. Yeah, yeah. So you can just go, 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 and you won't be disappointed or upset if someone acts a certain way or yeah. something. To separate it, obviously, I always react logically. I yeah. know you have your emotional reaction, but then you think, right, I break everything up, process down. Yeah. And I never let my actions reflect a remote and an emotional reaction to a certain situation. Yeah. I always react logically. Again, if someone's if someone's like, I would like to think I'm quite mature with mage, and if someone's having a debate with me and they're debating and they're bringing up things that are irrelevant to the debate, bringing up things in the past, instead of me attacking back and counterpointing everything that they've said, I I, I logically understand that this is actually getting nowhere, and then I just walk away from yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so lo logic is... You think like that, yeah. I, can tell. I think logically. I can tell, I can tell. That's very beneficial for business. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, everything for, for, for business, business. Is, a, is a logical decision. Yeah. And there's never, there's no, you know what your emotional reaction is, but then yeah. you need to break it down, sit on it, yeah. and then decide what to do. 100%. And then you'll, you'll have to let that guard down a little bit later on in life when you have your own family mm. and stuff at some point. At you some need point. to be able to separate business and family and... You can't always be a, a dis logical decision. No. Sometimes you have to show your emotions. Well, you need a day off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need your brain to just be like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. I just want to sit by the sea and just... It's important to have that downtime too. Because it, especially, see, in our industry, there's always something to do. There's always oh, like, yeah. there's, a, there's content to make. There's a business venture. There's a call to have. But a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that they always have to do something. But if you can understand that taking time off is actually going to recharge you to do more when you go back, that's probably one of the best things that you can do. But pe people are almost scared to take time off. They're scared to, even the full time I was in Australia, I was chilling until the very end when we got this app set up. And I was just chilling. I was doing like, I was doing like content in the morning. And now you're ready to, to go. And now I'm ready to go. I was doing, I was working like literally one, two hours a day. Yeah. Some 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 days I was literally just replying to clients, taking like half an hour, 40 minutes and doing shit the rest of the day. Yeah. So I recharge the batteries so I can go through this period at the minute of like, I'm fucking going after yeah, yeah, it. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting shit done. And then I'll probably, again, I'll probably recharge the batteries again. That's why I'm going to Ibiza tomorrow. <laughs> Recharge, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll be coming back zapped. <laughs> yeah. You know what? To be, I, I don't drink that much, so I'll be all right. Even last night, we went to went had a steak and we had like I had a beer and I had a glass of wine and I was good. Yeah, I was good. I, I've never felt like I had to go that fucking crazy with yeah. alcohol. Fair, fair play, bro. Can't say that. I've yeah, been I know. Saying. I know. <laughs> Wait, so you didn't start drinking until you were twenty six. Yeah, 25, 26. 25, yeah, so it's yeah. mad the, the cultural difference here because I'm 22. I've been drinking since I was 13 and I'm currently doing 12 months off alcohol. Yeah, know, and yeah. but <laughs> I've been through all this with alcohol and you, at my age, you hadn't even ever touched it. Nah, man, I was just like playing football and just thinking alcohol is the devil, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And <laughs> like, it's it's true to a certain extent. It is, like It is true to a certain extent. And I think that helped me build like a good foundation of discipline of where I, I don't, yeah. I'd never required alcohol to have a good time. Yeah. I was always like, if I'm going out, I'm actually going out to dance or pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and I never needed alcohol yeah. for that. But then later on, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, and again, that I hate when I'm talking about sobriety and that because pe oftentimes people talk about sobriety from a judgmental standpoint and think that yeah. I'm sober so everyone else should be sober. Yeah. I don't think like that at all. I think that especially like I, I, I coach a lot of moms and dads in my academy. If I tell them not to have their glass of wine at the weekend after a stressful week, that's going to piss them off. So... I think alcohol is great for a lot of people, but what I what I enjoy doing is talking about my personal experiences with it. And for me, like I definitely used alcohol for everything. Anytime I went out, was just constantly drinking. And I was like, if I actually can't take a step away and go a year without drinking, then there, there's a there's an issue here. 
it's a good reset because sometimes it's just like dieting. So mm -hmm. with dieting, every now and then, you know when people are like, meal plans are not good and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Yeah, they're not the best. Flexible dieting is always going to be a better approach. But for someone that's never had any control, that needs to gain control mm -hmm. with their diet, mm -hmm. they need to have that reset of potentially a more aggressive way of restricting things for a short period of time mm -hmm. and then have the freedom of a flexible approach, mm -hmm. which so, probably you are going to do. Sometimes you have to do things that are unsustainable to get to a stage that is sustainable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So then when you go back to drinking again, you might have a Guinness or two or whatever, mm -hmm. and then you'd be like, oh, I'm actually all right. I mm -hmm. don't need to. And you're probably going to be fucked with that anyway. <laughs> and the, yeah. And the thing is for me, I, I, I'll definitely, I'd say I'll have a drink again, but if I ever find myself falling into the traps of drinking to the extent that I was drinking before, where there's no benefits to that, there's no benefits to getting blackout drunk, not remembering anything, and just acting like an idiot. And for me, I'm at a stage in my life where I enjoy conversations. I enjoy this conversation the minute. I enjoy talking about things. But see, when I'm really, really drunk, I can't, I can't even have a conversation. So the thing that I enjoy the, mo the most gets took away from me, and I'm paying to get like that. Why would I pay money to, to be like that? And then you're jeopardizing the next day, potentially another day. The next week, like mental yeah. fatigue, and it's just for me, it was like I, our family in general, we just get the worst hangovers ever. Oh like, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't even genetics. I can't even breathe. Like it's, it's a struggle to breathe. Really? Yeah. Like every breath that I take, it's like oh fuck. But what's the hangover for you? How hard were you drinking? Like that like, time? Like blackout drunk, like blackout drunk. I've never been blacked out, you know. Have you not? I've never. I've ne I don't know what it's like to black out. Yeah, see, I've, I I blacked out even at both IFSs. I can't even remember. Really? Yeah, yeah. Can't remember. Fuck off. Well, you weren't at any of the fucking seminars. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was I at one or two. Like I don't remember. I don't remember you guys at the seminars. I no. think I remember maybe one or two you guys saw. Maybe the evening ones before the DJ came I out. Think, uh, <laughs> I think the, the London, I actually did go to a few of the seminars because London was like... I was, a, I, yeah, and I was only getting started myself. But last year, uh, I think I went to Paul Mort, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Um, so I was like, I'm just here. I was just there for a session, like yeah, me too. You know what I mean? I was, <laughs> I was literally just there for a session. I was, but then, I, yeah. yeah, I was literally like, we were like between. I, I remember having drinks by the pool, and then going, and then uh, Luke coming and going, doing you got. You got to talk now in the main room. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, better, yeah, yeah. <laughs> better prep for the talk. <laughs> the prep. The talks are prepped. But you know what as well? And you'll find this as well. Um, I enjoy being on stage. I enjoy talking in front of an audience and that energy. I do really enjoy mm. that. And like at IFS and any other events, I like human connection. Yeah. And I think the, it, the best of me actually comes out when I'm talking about that stuff. So yeah. when I over prep sometimes, it, it does, it's not good for me. That's why we're like with content, I can't prep too much. I don't, I don't prep at all. People often ask me like, how do you prep content? Like I don't even script content. No, I, I just, I just, I just start with the people. That's another way that people don't get their personality into the script. Absolutely everything. I sit down in front of a camera and just take it one sentence at a time, one section at a time. I don't even know what I'm going to say until I get to that next section. And that, that's the thing. And see, even podcasts, like maybe sometimes like for this one, I, what, on the way up, I was like, right, what's a few topics? Write them down. Haven't even really looked at them. Yeah. And even even if I'm doing a presentation or a Zoom call or something like I'd welcome Zoom call for the academy, I didn't plan that. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. if you know if you know what you're talking about. This should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly people. Uh, people that do too too much planning when they're not comfortable with the thing that they're they're in. You shouldn't need a plan to do like uh like a, a talk for something that you're really knowledgeable about. You might 
do PowerPoint slides. Sure, sure. Yeah, like yeah, even yeah. when I was doing like a, I done a talk, like a small talk at a business thing uh, last year, I done the PowerPoint slides and then I just read bullet points, sent them to my sister. She made them look nice. I didn't even look at it again yeah. until one of the times I was actually doing a live webinar and I'd made the PowerPoint literally like a month before and I forgot, I didn't look at it again and I was doing it and I was sending people, see during this presentation, see when we hit next slide, I actually don't know what's on the next slide. So I might take like 10 seconds to figure it out, but then we'll go from there. <laughs> but yeah, when you know your shit, like it's much more natural if you can just do things on plan. And I, see, you can really tell when people over plan things when they're doing talks or when they're doing different things. It's like, yes. just be yourself. Like if, if you're in an industry that you actually just chill out. 100%. Uh, that's when you can really tell if someone knows what they're talking about, though. Yeah. You know I mean, that's when you really know if you put them on the spot. And you're like, yeah, nah, this guy's not legit. And that's the thing with social media. They can fake who the fuck they are. Oh, yeah. And what they it's know. not hard to fake it in a 60-second 60, 60 video, a two-minute no, video. And then when they're, when like, you know what you can tell if someone's not either never doing podcasts or when you're on a podcast, they can't have an intellectual conversation about anything. anything. All they know is, um, fucking... Calories, mum. <laughs> yeah, or like, yeah, I once read somewhere it yeah. said this. And that's yeah. it. There's no like... There's no depth or nuance or else. Like, it's it's one thing repeating, like, at the end of the day, say everything that you know, it's learned from someone else. It's learned from a book. It's learned from a podcast. But being able to talk about that thing that you always learn from someone else, but talk about it in your own way and break it down and actually understand it, tell stories around it. That's the difference between people that actually know their shit and those that, that don't. And they need to live it. Mm -hmm. Like reading something and seeing something and knowing something and living it, living it and experiencing it gains you a, a total different depth of how you can speak yeah. about it. I haven't read a book in like two years. Yeah. I'm the most successful I've ever been. But like, I think that, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> say, I'm not saying don't read books. Like I, I read a lot of books at the start, but there gets a stage where you've read all the books and you have to actually start putting that no, shit into practice. I don't care, yeah. I don't care if you get fucking offended. Listen, yeah, if you read... 20 books a fucking year or if you read five books a month if you're reading a different book every week do not tell me you're applying every bloody rule or you've learned so much I don't care how much you're learning from a book and then you go ahead and apply absolutely fucking nothing mm -hmm. it means nothing Yeah, it doesn't matter Yeah, you learn more from living than reading a book where you're not actually going to apply anything. Mm -hmm. This book once said mm -hmm. that um, you should be doing this and this and this. Cool, go and fucking do it. Yeah. But if you're reading <laughs> like an uh, like a book that's gonna, uh, I don't know, gain you something in life or whatever, and you're not doing it, it's it's crazy. And this is why. And I had this I had this debate with uh, Siobhan, Siobhan O'Hagan, mm -hmm. and. Um, we, I think it was on our podcast. I was like, Siobhan, you're reading something all the fucking time. And I'm like, everyone's reading this and that. Everyone's doing a ice, uh, everyone's doing an ice bath in the morning. Everyone's meditating 20 minutes after. Everyone's reading this book and this quote is good. And then everything's diluted. No mm -hmm. one's actually living or experiencing anything. No one's, no one's actually. I think you learn the most when you're vulnerable and when you fail. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and if you're not attempting anything. And you're you're always prepared. Mm -hmm. You're not actually learning it. Do you know what I'm yeah, trying to yeah. say? So and it's weird. The the, mo the most successful people are the people that do the things that move the needle in the right direction. There's nothing wrong with doing things that don't move the needle in the right direction if you want to do them in 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 pairs with with the things that do. Like if you want to have an ice bath, if you want to meditate, if you want to do it, that that's all stuff that can be extremely beneficial. But if you're doing the things like that that don't actually achieve the end goal and not doing anything else. 
you're not going to be a successful person. It's fine to do all these things. And I was talking on this and the podcast that I've done with, with Adam with evidence-based training. He literally, he runs a multi-million dollar business. He sleeps in, he doesn't do ice baths, he doesn't meditate, but he gets up every day and he does the shit that he needs to do for his business, create yeah. content, do calls, do that. So I, it falls back to what I was saying at the start. What do you need to do to get your business moving in the right direction, to get your life moving in the right direction and do that? And all these other things in terms of your routine and your this and your that, it's not going to get you moving in the right direction. But if you are logical about it and you know that and you're doing it for other reasons, completely fine, cool, go for it. If you want to read, a lot of people enjoy reading. There's a lot of benefits from it. I, I will get back into reading, but in the terms of like, getting your business moving in the right direction. Do, do the shit that needs done. 100%. I, was, I keep commenting on, what's his name? Uh, evidence. What's his name? Adam. 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 Yeah. I keep commenting on his live saying, the Lambo's a rental. <laughs> <laughs> he just bought a G-Wagon too. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> I keep, I, but I don't know what his banter's like, so I keep mm. commenting to see if he gets upset. Yeah, yeah. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He's, he's a good crack. But yeah, you're totally right. It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's just people, people, People are just scared, man. Like, mm -hmm. they're just scared to like, and it's just a game. Like, I always tell people, like, what's the worst that could actually happen? Mm -hmm. Like, what is that actually, like, the worst case is you go back home to mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. Where you don't have your fucking brunch on a Saturday. Like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, take a risk of something or you're never, ever, there's going to be no reward. There's going to be no, and you're going to be stuck in that same circle of life, which if you're happy with, cool. But if you're not, you're going to be complaining the rest of your life and then you're going to be too old to actually be able to take action on it and then be like, fuck, mm -hmm. I lost, I lost my window. I lost my fucking window to take action on it. But I think most people don't think about it at all. Like most people don't think when they're trying to make a decision, most people don't even think, right, what's actually the outcome here if this doesn't go yeah. to plan? And oftentimes the outcome can be the exact same position that you're in now. You might have a job and you're like, I want to go traveling, but I don't want to risk it. And your job is one that you can get back when, mm. as soon as you're home. And then the worst case scenario is that you're back doing the exact same thing that you're yes. doing now. And people don't even logically think about that. People don't logically think about that. And they're just they're just tied down. People like routine, they like security. But it's only when you step outside and start doing different shit, start traveling, start taking that risk, it taking is, the call, taking that new job. As corny as it sounds, but you do find yourself when you travel. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you're like, doing it. You, yeah. you learn so much about what you like and who you mm -hmm. are when you're in different environments. Because yeah. you can be in a total different environment and it's a good test to see if you're actually like, the way you are at home mm -hmm. or potentially better. Yeah. So it, it's important to change that environment because you change your thoughts on pretty much everything, pretty much everything. That's why yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I always love changing locations and I actually like changing. I've got a routine, but I change the way I do my routine and it spikes my mind differently. So like I'll go for a walk around this route every week. Mm -hmm. Next week I'll change that. Yeah. Or I'll work from my house for a week and then I'll work for a house in a cafe, mm -hmm. work from a cafe or something. Yeah. And that sort of change actually helps me helps my brain function a little bit different yeah, yeah. different thoughts. That's why you need to travel, you need to change your location. You, all, you, always, you always learn new things as soon as you travel, you go to new locations. And I think from a content standpoint too, like your audience enjoys seeing new things going on. Like there's only so, so many videos in my, my kitchen table with my chopping board in yeah. front of me that they could have watched. And again, I'm, I'm back there at the minute, but they enjoy seeing me in Australia, in Marbella, in, in these different places. And it just get you, it get, it's a different environment. With new thought processes go on. Where would you want to live moving forward? Like you're with your family right now. Yeah. Right? So I, the, the, this is the short term. I, I have no idea where I'll be in five years, but in the short term, I'm here at home at the minute. I've got a few things on over summer. Uh, I'll be in Marbella. I'm doing a talk there. I'm going to Greece with the family. So we've got the family away in Greece. Where? Uh, where? Santorini. Okay, cool. Thanks. And then uh, 
in September, I'm going to go back to Australia. Are you paying for it? The holiday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. Love it. I Thanks. love that, bro. I love that, bro. No, I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a Christmas present, so I got it everyone oh, for Christmas. Good, Good man. Um, Good man. But yeah, that's the, the rough plan at the minute. I'm going to go back to Australia. We're going to get this fitness app up and running. We're going to get a few other things up and running. I'm going to do a year there, but I don't need to commit myself just because the app's being created there. I can get it set up and then I can be literally anywhere in the world. And it might actually be beneficial if I'm back home just for, because a lot of people will be from Ireland and the UK. Um, but I have, I go with like, right, I'm going to ask myself when I'm in a certain location, how do I feel here? Mm. Do I feel good? Okay, let, let's let's chill here. Let's stay here. I'm at home at the minute. I feel great at home. But when I was in Australia, I felt great too. So it feels comforting to me that no, to know that my happiness isn't, uh, yeah. it's not attached to a location. So I don't need to be in Australia to be happy. I don't need to be at home to be happy. Um, I just need to be doing the things that keep me in routine. I need to be staying locked in with my work. I need to be having conversations. That's what makes me happy. So where I am is irrelevant. What I'll say is I'll go with the flow and I'll go with the experiences where the experiences are I'll follow and how I feel in different locations will dictate where I end up. But um, I'm not sure where I'll be in, in five years. I could be at home. I could be in Australia. Um, the best thing is, I guess, there's no there's no limitation, really. So you can go ahead and go. And when you have that sort of freedom, you don't feel trapped. Mm -hmm. And when you're not trapped, you can kind of be anywhere. Yeah. You know? You can yeah, literally be in the shittest place on earth. And you can be like, I could leave tomorrow if I wanted. Yeah. Why not just enjoy whatever this is? Yeah. And I feel like, it, yeah, it's the the fact that I know that I can just go back there. Like a lot of people leave Australia and they're going back home to Ireland and they're like, oh, this is so shit. But for me, I'm going back home to Ireland and I'm like, I can literally just book a flight. Yeah, but that's because you're happy with yeah. what you do. Yeah. It's, it's never like, come on, man. everyone, people are running away from problems a lot. Mm -hmm. They don't address them. They don't face them. And then that problem happens. What you just said. Yeah. Where they go somewhere and they start fucking complaining. They hate it here and blah, blah, blah. And they love Australia. Australia is great, but like the way people love it, I don't fully get it. Mm. And I've lived there. Yeah. And I've actually got Aussie residency. Mm -hmm. And like, I still don't get it. I'm like, what's so bad at home? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening in your household, bro? Yeah. Like, do you know, feel like you need to address something? Mm -hmm. So like, Well, to be fair, on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like in Ireland, there is just this massive drinking culture. And even, don't get me wrong, it's the same in Australia. Like a lot of people, Irish people go to Australia and they just do the exact same thing. But I feel like a lot of people enjoy Australia because they move away and they see this this different way of living where it's not just looking forward to going to the pub the weekend where the, the weather's a bit better. So I do see how people, especially in Ireland, I see how they would like it. And I feel like a lot of the people, the reason why I'm so comfortable at home is because I'm, I'm privileged in the fact that I do have a good family life. A lot yeah. of people don't have a good family life and their life is so shit at home because they've got issues going on. They're, yeah. Whether it's their parents or their relatives, there's always something going on that's stressing them out to have to deal with that's not fair in them. Yeah. So when they move away to something somewhere like Australia, they don't have to deal with any of this shit. They've mm -hmm. got the new life. They've got the new friends. So you can see how they would have this amazing connection with, with the country, especially if they've got shit going on at home that they're, yeah. as you said, potentially yeah. trying to run away from. But at the end of the day, if someone's part of a, yeah. a fucking toxic family or something, yeah. and they're dealing with shit all the time that's nothing to do with them, that they actually can't sort out because it's just toxic people. When they get away from that, you can see it's how that easier. would be. I do I do find though, I think, I do agree with that. But I also think like the biggest, well, I've, well from conversations I've had when traveling, it's always like what they do for work, mm -hmm. what they're not happy with. And they they go off and they either do the same job in Australia where it's sunnier, mm. a bit more pay, and they're just happy with it. So when they come back, they're really annoyed and still stressed because they have to go back to that same routine. Yeah. Instead of trying to discover what they really want to do, mm -hmm. they take the easy option, which is why I'm always like, whatever you're doing, like 
just take the harder route. Mm. Just always take the harder route and your life will be easier in the long run. 100%. But yeah, I guess everyone's different. Mm. Who, who the fuck am I to tell you how to live? <laughs> Do what the fuck you want, innit? <laughs> how long did you live in Australia for? I first went to Australia when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, From London? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know how the fuck my parents let me, if I'm being honest. What was the thought process there? Was it for football? Nah. No, just... Aussie bird. <laughs> 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 went out there. Um, went out there for that. Hang out for a few weeks. Came back. Ended up staying with that same girl for like six years, seven mm. years or something. Um, was engaged to her. Was going to get married. I did not. I smoke bombed. Mm-hmm. Went to Bali, found myself. <laughs> but yeah, initially I went to Australia because I met someone from Australia. Fully fell in love and shit. Mm-hmm. Puppy love. And then um, I learned a lot from that. A lot of traveling. Lived there. Ended up, I got residency there before it was cool. Mm, yeah, before so it was cool, yeah, yeah. I got it before I even lived there. Mm. And then I ended up doing nearly four years there. Mm. So I've I've done the whole Australia thing. And I've seen Australian culture as Australian culture. I didn't, I, my first thing of Australia was Australians. Mm. It wasn't Brits in Bondi. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. I actually experienced Australia, yeah. no offense. But like, like properly, like the culture, the people, what they're like and everything. I experienced that quite well. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I was just like, I've completed it in Oz. I've literally done everything in Oz. And I'm like, my family's not here. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Like, I could create my own world here, but my world in London and my family is great anyway. Mm-hmm. What other than sunshine and all that stuff here? And I want to achieve great things. Not saying you can't in Australia, but I just didn't think it's the sort of place where I could achieve amazing things in Australia. Mm-hmm. I thought I could do better in Europe, in London, wherever, mm-hmm. which is why I ended up coming back. Yeah. And then I lacked connection there. That's what I struggled with there. Like, Genuine connection. Mm-hmm. That's why I struggled with in Australia, which is why I wanted to be close to family and friends in London. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And the, the thing is, uh, Australia, as amazing as it is for a lot of people, what you need to understand is you're completely secluded from the rest of the world. So like, much. most of the time you're on your phone during the day, you can't even talk to anyone back home because they're all sleeping because of the time zones. That's something that can be unexpected at the start. We're like, holy shit. And if you're not making them connections, I feel like a lot of people, when they... They have this idea in their head where they go to Australia and suddenly they have this new group of friends that are all like-minded. <laughs> you still have to go through stages of meeting people, not getting on with them. And it might take you months and months, potentially years Some before years, you, yeah. you have good connections with people. So you're at the other side of the world. You have no one that you properly connect with and get on with. You just yeah. have people that you maybe sometimes talk to and you're, you're secluded from everything. So you can see how when it's portrayed as this amazing thing online, it could actually be an, an, an extremely negative experience. And this is what I talked about on my podcast about it and about the real that I made. I was like, you need to be proactive, put yourself out there and be trying to make meet people. Whereas a lot of people, especially in this day and age where they're used to not doing that and just having a group of friends anyway, where it's, they, need to, they need to go and do that. Or it could be a really, really, it could be a nightmare almost. Something that you, you, you big up in your head is something that would be 100%. so good. And to be honest, I was quite, I'm quite outgoing. I make friends quite mm-hmm. easily. I did all of that. And I had a lot of friends, friends from um, where I worked as a PT, uh, friends from where I was playing football because I was playing football semi-professional there as well. I had friends from um, the gym. I was, I had loads of friends, but I just, I was just on my purpose of being there was for someone else. Mm -hmm. So when that got removed, I was just like, I'm going to move to a nice place in Sydney. Had so much fun in three, four months. Mm -hmm. Time of my fucking life. 
and then took off and traveled and me and Smith took off. We went to Bali and lived there for like four months, three months. And then all this happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all this happened. I know you're back in London. Now I'm back in London. I love being in London, but I don't know if I'd be there long term, you know, and I've never actually thought of this. Mm-hmm. Mate, it's fucking expensive. Things are getting more expensive. It's like, I'm, I look at my rent, I look at what I spend on petrol, I look at everything, and I'm like, I really could be in a third world country right now and have the time of my life. Mm. Although I'm close to family and to build something, you need to have a good routine and a good base. But moving forward, I don't know where I'm going to be either, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But whatever happens, that would only happen uh, where I can fly my mum, my dad, my mm. family, and I can go over whenever I want yeah. and all that stuff. You want to have uh, children? Oh, for sure. I'll have yeah. it straight away. Yeah. Uh, ASAP. ASAP. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, that's the, you need to figure out, right? Where do you actually want to bring up your children? That's, that's the biggest problem because I don't want it in a country where it's too easy or they're going to be soft. Mm. I need a bit of roughness. There's that, there's that happy medium too, especially when you achieve a level of success. You don't, I never want my children just to have things handed to them because that just turns the, uh, entitled. And yeah, so no matter how much money I make, it's not going to be a case of, uh, you know, you could just have whatever you want. I said you know? this. I said this on a podcast, and, and they can watch this clip back. Yes, watch twenty-two-year-old me. <laughs> yeah, watch this back. Yeah, and make sure you message Uncle Darren in it. And uh, I said something. I was like on a podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, when I'm flying business, me and my missus or whatever, right? Me and my future wife, I'm flying business, and the kids can chill in the economy mm. when they're old enough. I don't care unless." My man worked his ass off, or girl who or whatever, and they bought it themselves. Cool. Yeah. But like, if you're going to be very successful, I think you need to lay those sort of like disciplines down because mm-hmm. people need to understand struggle. Because with struggle, you you build resilience, man. And with yeah. resilience, you can like you can't achieve anything without struggle. Yeah, in your childhood years, if you get something for nothing, you'll always expect something for nothing. One hundred percent, and that'll come back to bite you. Yeah. So be, having it drilled into you from a young age, like you need to go and work yeah. if you want to earn money. You know, that's that's the best way. That's that's true love instead of just giving people everything for nothing at all. It doesn't teach anything. 1,000%. And I actually can't even wait when I'm walking onto that A380, flying to Dubai for the weekend, get a bit of sun. Hey, I'll see you lot. Me and Mumsy can have a little drink on the A380 at the top, in at the business class. I'll see you guys uh, in a couple of hours. Let me know how the economy food is. <laughs> you know what? And hopefully, if it's my kid, they should be like, I want that. How yeah. am I gonna how am I gonna do that? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How am I gonna do that? And maybe out of that, they'll figure it out. But if, if it's just handed, mm-hmm. they're never gonna figure it out. Yeah. So what when do you think you're gonna make a decision about where you're gonna live for the long term? For now, London, I've got a few plans. When business is where I want it, exactly. I'm, this year is just fully focusing on business, social media growth, um, making sure my communities are secure, building the right team, strong team. So when I do take off and do whatever I want, um, I've got people that treat my business like myself, which is the hardest thing to find. Not saying it'll, that will be the case, but I just need a real, real secure team where I'm fully comfortable. Of mm. Guys, I'm offline for a month. Because I, I, literally, I, I literally haven't stopped since I first started working in, at JD Sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I haven't stopped. Yeah. Every day, my thought has been, how do I achieve this? Mm-hmm. How do I get that? And that's a lot of energy. There's, 
There's never been a time, even when I'm, I'm sure you're the same. Like, I'm sure when you're going for a walk or a coastal walk in Australia, you're thinking of how you can improve certain things in the back of your head, right? You can't not think about it's it. Hard. It's hard. Constant, it's constantly there, like 24-7 every hour of the day. And like, and as much as you enjoy what you do, you're constantly thinking about, right, well, oh, I need to call that person, right? I need to sort that. And then if something happens, then it's just playing in your head constantly and constantly. How do I how yeah. do I solve that problem? Yeah. You're trying to solve it. Yeah. Like in the back of my mind, I know there's stuff happening. Mm -hmm. I know my phone's going off right now. There's something there. Mm. Of course, you need to get better at separating that and you you do need to do that. But I think that's why it's very important to have good family, mm -hmm. good friends, a good partner, whatever it is, to kind of drag you out of that in a way where oh, I want to spend time with you right now. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I enjoy spending this time instead of work for now. And you're actually taking my mind off work, which is great. Yeah. Instead yeah. of, or, or then it's just... Constant. Yeah, you need to have a happy medium. You need to have that work work life balance because that, that's everything's pointless if you don't. But talking about work though, fitness business, TV. What's the? Do you want still want to do TV? I feel like I'd be good at it. So do I. I feel like I'd be good at it. I feel like I'd have a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. But I'm so used to like. I'm not used to being told what to do. Mm, and you have to speak a certain way, act a certain way. I'd rather have as much power as possible mm -hmm. where I have my own platform, which I do. Just gr imagine growing that to a crazy stage where you're the fucking boss. Mm -hmm. That's the case now. Now, if the right opportunity comes with something pretty cool to experience it, yeah, 1,000% mm -hmm. I'll do it. But I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize what I've built over the years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because my clients are king. Like my, They're important to me. I want to make sure they're getting everything and all of me. And at the end of the day, once... My priority is to give them as much value as possible. Mm -hmm. And once that's sorted and if that's secure with the right team, then I can be like, yo, I've just had an opportunity on TV. I'm filming for a month. Mm -hmm. You guys good? They're like, yeah, we've got you. Then great. Yeah. But I can't, I can't fully let go of that without... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's that. There's that element. There's that yeah. element. But I would love to do TV for mm -hmm. sure. 100%. Yeah, no, I think you'd be good at it. No, I'm excited to see where it goes. So building a fitness business to a point where it's scalable and you can step away from it when when you need to, yes. when you when you want to even, not when you need to. Uh, it just gives you that work-life balance. And then just can, do stuff like this. Yeah. This is work technically at the minute. I always say this when I'm, I'm a podcast. It's mad that you're able to, we've created something where how, just having a conversation, if we stick a camera on a headset, this is, this is, this is part of the job. Like, I know, I know. It's weird, didn't it? It doesn't really feel like it. it's like, oh, it just work. But you're like, yeah, yeah. I've got a nice dinner tonight, a nice steak place. Mm -hmm. Technically work. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all work. Because <laughs> you're just talking about work. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Just talk, look at us, just yeah. two wankers. Crazy, <laughs> crazy. Darren, listen, thank you very much for coming on. Where do you want to send people? Darren Cartel, bruv. The most handsome PT in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> um, or just search my hashtag that you always use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, appreciate you for having me on. Uh, in the weirdest way possible. I've got nine years on you, but very proud of you, bruv. Appreciate that. Well done. Keep smashing it. And I will be coming for you for algorithm advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You can always hit me up for anything you need. Cheers for coming like on. Like it anytime, brother. Peace.